good y'all i am Josh. so focused i'm french the bro host and we would like to welcome you to the next take podcast this is episode 46 and this is a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing knicks news of the week and if you want to find us on our socials you can check us out first on twitter twitter you hear me you could check twitter. us out first on twitter at the Knicks take then go to YouTube and search Nick's Take Videos. And if you'd rather follow on Instagram, you'll be able to find us at the Nick's Take. Last, you can check us out on Facebook at Nick's Take Media. So, French, Yo. I, I would ask you how your week is, but I haven't seen you in a few weeks. in a couple of weeks so <laughs> how have your last couple of weeks been sir yo hectic it's been a lot going on we haven't recorded mainly due to me and time and managing time wrong and doing things just this has been this has been a lot going on been moving around a lot it's, a, it's been a mostly it's mostly been on me but in the time being during the week where we both normally working while which is why we normally record on the weekends i it's i've just been enjoying the end of the season we ended the we ended the uh season off cuz last week we only talked about uh the last we didn't talk about anything four last week games <laughs> but no 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 i'm not going to skip you don't worry don't worry i'm just saying we this week we only had one game so it's just been re-watching a lot of Knicks highlights, watching a lot of OB top and highlights, Emmanuel quickly highlights, a bunch of uh, games that happened early in the year. Like I sent you the Boston Knicks game where RJ hit the game winner. I was re-watching that. But uh, that's basically what I've been up to the last few weeks. What you been up to? Well, I was trying to tell you that we didn't talk about anything last week because we didn't <laughs> record. <laughs> Since the last time we recorded, um, well, I got myself a new phone, hey. Pixel 6. I, I like it a lot, but I'm with this, with this network that for some reason it's letting me text, but it's not letting me make phone calls. So I got to figure that out. I also bought a bike. Kind of bike. Trying to get my. Electric. Uh, a hybrid bicycle that um you know trying to lose some of the dad dad bod weight that i put on after breaking my hand i started trying to get push-ups that. this week <laughs> i haven't worked out since last year did some push-ups so let me get back i'm, I'm talking food. about like I, I got a bike. You said I started doing some push-ups. Really? Long, long <laughs> I was like, damn. I started doing some burpees. I'm like, damn, I gotta work out more often. Like, that's not that's not something you say, bro. I, I, if you would have said pull-ups, <laughs> bet, right? Because everybody can't do pull-ups. I don't got the pull-up ball no more. So it's upstate with you now. <laughs> 
Well, I'll send you. I'll send you that back because I believe I have two pull-up bars. But anyway, need that. So I bought a bike. I bought a phone. I think that's pretty much it. I think that's pretty much the highlights. Like I don't think I there's anything really too too much in my life that has really changed. Okay. Trying to get trying to figure out what school I want to send my children. Still working on that. Well, outside of that, you know, it's been. It's been pretty, pretty, you know, pretty calm. My job's pissing me off. They keep making me work longer than I'm supposed to, but whatever. But uh, yeah, let's get let's get right into what we discussed on the last episode of the Knicks Take Podcast. Last episode, we we spoke on Obi scoring his career high against the Washington Wizards. Manuel quickly having himself a triple double and a blowout against Orlando. And we also covered the loss to Brooklyn. What else we covered last episode? We discussed whether we should fight to keep Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle on the Knicks. I don't know if we talked that much about Mitchell Robinson. And it probably wasn't that long of a discussion on Julius Randle. I don't know. But those are going to be the... Those have to be two out of the three main things in the offseason that all Knicks fans are going to be looking looking towards as far as the future construction of this roster. Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, and are we going to make any acquisitions to this team to make us a better team next year? I got a prediction. So, well, let's get into that. We'll, 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 we'll probably get into your prediction later. We agree. We got a lot. We got a lot to go into. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the final game of the Knicks season where the Knicks faced off against playoff bound Toronto Raptors. Knicks only suited up eight players for this game. No RJ, no Deuce, no Grimes, no Mitch, no Cam, no Rose, no Randall, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't know if there's more players that were out. There probably wasn't, but <laughs> but that like a lot of those guys are young guys that I just listed. So mm-hmm. Toronto already clinched their playoff spot. Rested a bunch of guys except for Scotty Barnes. It was a strong start by the Knicks with the inclusions of Quickly and Obi topping into the starting lineup. We knew what time it was when Obi did a hop step reverse dunk in the middle of the first. Knicks got off to an early double-digit lead against the Raptors, but the Raptors were able to cut into it, take the lead with Obi and IQ mostly out on the bench, resting. Ferran Hunt and Ryan Archidiacono got some burn during that stretch. And Obi topping and quickly Ryan came back in. He's good, too. He's, he's all right. good, too, in the minutes. He's all right. <laughs> he, he doesn't need to come back. Obi Toppin and quickly came in, retook the lead from the Raptors. Obi capped off the first half with a bank shot three-pointer. Gave the gave our future starting point power forward 23 points to end the half. 23 points to end the half. Yes, you heard me right. 23 points. That like. But wait! Or like Kanye said, but, 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 but wait, it gets worse. Right? Quickly opened up the third quarter with several beautiful runners and floaters which put him over 20 in opening minutes of the second half third quarter we got more dunks by obi right but still a close game we are talking about a playoff team a team that is still in the playoffs as we speak the raptors 
even though they rested some guys, they still had a lot of guys who are playing big time minutes right now. Mm-hmm. Raptors kept it, kept the game close until the fourth quarter. What happened in the fourth quarter? Both Obi and Emmanuel quickly would not be denied. Neophytes knocked down three after three after three until the Raptors were beaten into submission. Knicks win 105 to 94. What are my final thoughts in this game? Well, I'm just going to go to the box score for that. Obi Toppin, 42 points. 42! 42 points! 10 rebounds. That makes Obi Toppin the, what, fifth Nick player this season to drop a 40-point game? Evan Turn. I mean, Evan Fournier did it. Julius yep. did it. RJ yep. did it. Yep. Who else? Kemba Walker. Kemba did it. So, yeah, he would and, be the fifth. And Obi Toppin is number five, right? He capped off the night with a fast break dunk from the dotted line that made everybody stand up and make the ugly... <clears throat> You ain't have to do that face, right? IQ, right? You thought it was just Obi. Nah, it wasn't just Obi's night. Mm-hmm. IQ, 34 points, 12 assists, mm-hmm. 10 rebounds. Mm-hmm. That's right. If you know your math, that means he had a triple-double again. How many right? turnovers he had? I guarantee. This is what I tell you. No, no, look. No, no, look. <laughs> Me and you don't know, right? We ain't even gonna check the box score. How much you want to bet is, is under we three? We know it's not more than it's not yeah, it's not more than two. And right? it ain't three. <laughs> <laughs> we know that that boy takes care of the ball like it's nobody's business. Like I said, he should have been been the starting point guard for this team. Emmanuel quickly he had. Oh, he actually did have three turnovers in this game. Oh, see, see, we got so he excited. had three three turnovers, but. That's still good, right? Yeah. He had 12 assists, right? 12 assists to three turnovers, that is a great ratio, right? Give that boy more minutes. Youngest Nick ever to get a 30-point triple-double. The youngest Nick ever to get a 30-point triple-double. Emmanuel quickly. That, like, that, that was one of the best games, one of the most enjoyable games, I should say. One of the most enjoyable, game, most enjoyable games of the season, and it was the last game of the season. So... You know, yeah, you, I can't really com- can't really complain about anything. Do you fall in line with those people who say um, we can't look too much into this win because it was at the end of the year against a team who had nothing to play for, who rested everybody? No, and I will say, I say no because the, I said it before. They still had a lot of guys that are contributors, right? I, it's not about the win. It's about how these guys basically played for the entire game. And they played the same way that they've been playing over, you know, since they've been getting extended minutes, since Julius Randle's been been out. It quickly has been playing this way for weeks, right? Let me list the names from the, from the Toronto Raptors. Gary Trent Jr. started. Obi Adenobi started. Scotty Barnes started. Ken Birch, Aaron Brooks. Like, these are guys, Precious Achua, he he's he came off the bench. Like, these are guys who are contributors. Everybody who are all the guys that are contributors to this rap to this Raptors team, they got big minutes in this game. Scotty Barnes played less than what he normally would, but it the way that the that 
Obi and quickly were playing. Like you, you can't take that from them. This remember this team, this Knicks team. It's not like they was playing all their best players either. Like we yeah, were without we RJ. Our team too. Yeah. So that's the other thing. It's like you, you could say that, but we were playing shorthanded ourselves, and these dudes came out and they showed everything that they had. Obi. Obi, I don't see anything where Obi got an advantage that he would not have had if he was playing against better talent. Yeah. He's always, no matter who he's on the court with, outrunning the other team to the to the other end of the basket, to the other end of the floor. And he had, I would say, maybe half of his points came just by beating the other team. Who's the Raptors? Who are the Raptors going to play that's going to stop Obi that they didn't play in this game? Siakam. Siakam is, I mean, is Siakam going to stop Obi? Like, is he going to be chasing him up and down the court? He can. I'm not saying he can't, but. I know Obi first scored his career high 19 points against the Raptors. So you that you do make a good point. And that was with everybody healthy. Maybe Obi <laughs> doesn't shoot six for 14 if Siakam doesn't, if Siakam plays, maybe. Right. But. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't get the double-double. Maybe he doesn't get the 10 rebounds. But does that mean that he has a bad game? No. Yeah, I, I think my, he would have still had a great game. My take on this game was, like, I always compare it to, like, season-ending games of previous years. And I, I vividly remember before Tibbs got here the last game of that season when we were about to go into the uh, lottery. Mm-hmm. And we got smoked by, like, 30 points. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, if we can't take something positive from a game where two of our last lottery choices, not lottery choices, but two of our last draft picks from last season are leading the charge in a win at the end of the, see, at the, end of the year, and one of them goes off for 40 points and a 30-point triple-double comes from the other one, it's like, yeah, I understand. They didn't play their whole team. We didn't have our whole team as well, like you said earlier. When you watch this game, the Raptors were not playing like this game didn't matter. They played they trying to they win trying this to win. game all the way to the end. But mm-hmm. they were just overmatched with the talent that the Knicks had from their two young guys who've been coming off the bench all year long. And that's something that we're going to address later on where we talk about, like, if if – if this talent has been on the bench all year long, it seems like they have been ready more than they, they've been ready before this time period that they've been allowed to be starters. And Tibbs has to address that now that the season is over. And he does talk about it. And we, we, we going to talk about that in a little while, but I just feel like next season, just, I, I'm way more hopeful for next season than we normally are at the end of, of next seasons because there's normally so much things that we have to get better at. When you're looking at this team now and where this, the step that we're going into this offseason with, we haven't had that in how long, where we have Ooh. so many productive young talent that could lead us to the playoffs if they just had the opportunity to play more. When the last time we felt that way, we felt like, yeah, Frank Nilakina deserves to be a starter, and we see. Let's see what we get from him instead of looking at Jared Jack, or let's see what Kevin Knox could do for us. We drafted him with the ninth overall pick. Like, no, we have legitimate young talent on his team who's doing all the things that lead to winning. 
every draft pick that this front office has made in the last two years since they've been here have been damn near home home run draft picks. And we have more draft picks coming into this year. We have young talent that's ready to step into their own. That's that looks like they're ready for 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 solidified for a solidified role in the NBA rotations, and they can, they playing under Tibbs. They, Tibbs has been working them. He's been grooming them for this role that we believe that they're ready for now. It looks like Obi's ready to be a starter. It looks like IQ's ready to be the starting point guard of this team, and we don't have to be looking into free agents and seeing who's there. We don't need to be looking at the trade market to see who's there. We we all we gotta do is look internally and look at the young guys that's on the team to address all the needs that need to be addressed. Because I don't see what hurts having IQ start. He's been the best all around player on the team all year. I mean it's too late now, so <laughs> because we don't know we don't know whether he should start next season or not. We won't know until we see what the makeup of the team is. You know, do we add somebody? Do do we stay with what we got? Do we just try to m- move into the youth movement of what we have? Do we get rid of the youth movement to try and bolster the talent? The, we we have to wait and see what this front office does before we start talking about whether quickly should start. I think he's made the case that if, if we stay with what we have right now, there's no reason why he shouldn't start next season. And I've been saying that for weeks. So we should be looking for a backup for him. That's what we really should be doing. Well, I think we're done with the Mavericks game. So, Raptors. What do you want? What do you want? The Raptors, excuse me. I'm foreshadowing. What do you want to get into now? Well, we should probably just get into where we felt like the season went wrong mm-hmm. or how it went wrong. What's, what's, your, what's your view on that? My view <clears throat> is multiple different reasons why, how, and where the season went wrong. You could say that it went wrong at the beginning of the season before we even played a game. When we basically doubled down on Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose as our starting and backup point guards for this team. We were very excited about that, right? If you recall how the season started, we were excited to see what the, you know, 20 minutes of Kemba, 20 minutes of Derrick Rose that should be fine, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't really go that way. Didn't really go that way. I, I I, do think that we tried to start off that way. And I remember the first few games, Derek Rose actually would be finishing games so that we could, you know, we, we had a unit out there that played together, was comfortable together. But this team wasn't really gelling right. And then when this team wasn't gelling right, it was up to 20 games in, Tibbs was like, all right, we got to make a change. We got to do something. He was trying to prevent what actually happened with this season from actually happening. But that leads to the second thing, Tibbs' decision-making when it came to roster construction, roster you know, lineups and, and, the, and the such that 
his response to Kemba Walker and taking him out of the lineup. All right, you took him out of the lineup. Maybe you should have done it a little bit better. Maybe you should have had him come off the bench, but you took him out the lineup. Your immediate response was to have Derek Rose and Alec Burks as your point guard rotation. And that was probably the wrong move. Understood why he did it. Not saying that it was, you know, it's easy to say in hindsight, it's the wrong move. Like in in the moment, quickly wasn't really shooting great. He wasn't really playing like a point guard. I understand. But Alec Burks was not a point guard. And he ran with Alec Burks as a point guard from that moment for the rest till the rest of the season. And there was a little stretch when Kemba Walker came back. And then he stuck with Kemba Walker for too long again. And these were all just poor decision after poor decision after poor decision by Tibbs, where he relied on past history as opposed to trying to let the young guys figure it out and have them earn and learn how to beat, how to stay on the floor. He should have did that. If he would have did that, I think we would have had some more wins this year. I think we might have been looking at play-ins. We might have been looking at playoffs. Because as you see at the end of the year, we just talked about this last game against the Raptors. Manuel quickly and Obi Toppin are good. And we, you know, just as much as I can blame Tibbs, it's also because of him that they look the way that they look, right? But he should have trusted his own tutelage. But we, we get, well, you guys are putting in the work. You're putting in the extra work. Go ahead and show me. The reason why I'm not going to hold that against Tibbs is mainly because of the fact that he's a very experienced NBA coach, and he's probably just looking at this year as the year where we're just going to be developing the young guys and we're going to be mostly li- living on the backs of our vets. And I understand, like, yeah, as, as fans, we seeing – every game and we seeing that they're the that the they're the most productive unit is the young whenever the young play the young players are on the court they're the ones who are doing everything that we want to see out of this team and we're not seeing them in practice and we're not seeing the behind the scenes and Tibbs is doing things behind the scenes to perfect them so that he can count on them to play higher minutes and every post game he keeps saying yeah, we we all see the highlight plays, but we don't ever see the plays where guys aren't are are the ones making a mistake on the rotations. And you may look and see it's one guy's pro- fault, but really it's this it's it's this other guy's fault. And yeah, like that stuff that as a fan you ain't really focusing on unless you really study in the X and O's of the of the game. But he's he he been grooming them, and he probably didn't feel like they was ready until he saw them playing significant minutes and yeah, cool. Now that he sees it, what you going to do about that moving forward? That's what we really should be caring about as Knicks fans, because he's not getting fired. He's going to be back here next year and we're going to see how he views his unit and how he views his young, his young core. But I feel like this season had many chapters that defined Mm -hmm. where we ended up. And we went wrong from the very jump. Like I, I, I agree. We, 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 we started off wrong, and it, but it ain't for the same thing that you said. 
we started off wrong with that bing bong shit. <laughs> Ever since bing bong, everything just went wrong. We got that one win against the Celtics. We played really well, and then we did we fumbled at the end. Got that win, bing bong, then Mitch, boom. His weight started causing him some injury issues. Nerlens Noel, legs, gave up on him, fell that fell off the whole season. I don't even remember five games that he played in a row. And he had like one little solid stretch and then he got injured again. Then the Julius Love affair turned to hate immediately at the beginning of the year around Thanksgiving. Kemba got benched. COVID ran through the whole lineup. All the young players was in COVID jail. You remember that? They had they was all saying, free us, mm-hmm. free us. Everybody was in COVID jail. And we was forced to watch the the the, the next starters play with damn near 48 minutes. Kemba came back, had a 40-piece, and then didn't do, do anything else. Stayed in the lineup a little longer than he probably should have, like you said. Then RJ, since the new year, just became the all-star. Obi winning the dunk contest, and Kemba gets benched again. Like, this season just was nothing but roller coaster, roller coaster, roller coaster. So many things went wrong. And at the same time, when you look back at this season, I feel like it's going to be the season that we watched RJ emerge as a solidified all-star. It was the season that we watched IQ and OB finally figure it out. We watched Deuce McBride get his feet wet in the NBA and solidify his his role as a catch-and-shoot player who's also going to be able to lock down on, on the defensive end. Jericho Sims can play in any NBA rotation after this season. And this is what we're going to remember coming back to this year I, at least I believe because Ivan Fournier, yeah, he beat the next the Knicks three point record in this first year here, but I don't feel like we've seen everything we've had to see from Evan Fournier. I feel like next season he's going to be a lot more comfortable in his role here. He's going to be like because I see him as a solid team defender at times. Maybe he's not the best individual one on one defender against the elite players in this in the NBA, but I feel like he fits in the Tom Thibodeau system. And I like the lineup where we was watching at the end of the year where IQ, OB, Sims, there was a bunch of young guys and Alec Burks and Evan Fournier were just the wing shooters. Cat, ready to catch and shoot, ready there to space the floor and play defense. Like I like that lineup and I I, I can see that happening again next year. Maybe we just don't have a Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, Nerlens Noel, like all these guys that we got to give minutes to. That's not going to be the case next year. At least I don't think. I, I hope that's not going to be the case next year. Maybe Kemba's going to be gone and Noel's going to be gone most likely. Maybe Noel's going to be back. But I feel like next year we're going to see a, a huge difference in lineup management in terms of these young kids because we're going to have some new draft picks next next year. We're going to want them to get some minutes too. The ones that we already done drafted are going to have to step up and be our starters and be able to be depended on and be able to help guide the new young players that are going to be coming onto the team. So I don't see it ever going back to what it was this year because we saw it didn't work. Bing bong. So anyway... <laughs> Yo, I'm the GOAT. Uh, <laughs> so, speaking of the young players, ESPN dropped the top 25 under 25. And I actually had the list, and then I 
I misplaced it. I'll find it probably by the middle of this conversation. But needless to say, the reason we're talking about it is one player named Rowan Barrett Jr. is nowhere located on this list. What are your thoughts on that? It's regular. That's it's, it's, it's been that way since he's been drafted to the Knicks. Nothing you could really speak on with about that because ESPN has shown that they're not reputable when it comes to these lists and young players because they're always leaving somebody off for just buzz on to 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 spark it back up to get. This is that time of year where everyone is just trying to watch the playoffs. They ain't really trying to read no articles, but now you got to have this top 25 under 25 and you got to get people outraged. We see the type of tricks they do. RJ, clearly one of the top 25 young players in his age. I mean, we could group. We could we could go through the list, you know, as soon as I pull it up. But let's let's just go at number 25 because that's the one that you don't need money to figure out who's on the list. Number 25 is first name there. Jaron Jackson Jr. Do you think Jaron Jackson Jr. has this is a list based on potential, future potential. Do you think Jaron Jackson Jr. has more future potential than Rowan Barrett Jr.? I like Jaron Jackson. I do. I do as well. That's hard to compare him his trajectory to RJ's because they play like different positions and completely. Jaron Jackson was like the first Evan Mobley, kind of, to a degree. Maybe just not the same size. I don't know. That's, who is twenty four? I can't. I can't do RJ and Jaron Jackson. That's, that's <laughs> I'm still trying to actually pull it up. Pull it up. Who is number twenty four? I just looked to see who is number twenty five. I will. I another name that I remember being on there is the guy who RJ was basically seeking out every time they matched up when he played against the Miami Heat. That's Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is on this list. And uh, you're making a face. Make your case as to why Tyler Hero oh. has more has more future potential than RJ Barrett. How like how could he possibly have more potential than RJ? He doesn't even start. He's not re- relied on every night to be among the top two scorers on your team nightly and guard the best player on the other team. It's not even close. Like, RJ clears Tyler Hero. I don't even understand why Tyler Hero is above Jaron Jackson. Like, cool, he's a scorer. He's he's a heat plug off the bench. He's a J.R. Smith kind of player. Like, cool, we get it. I'm not saying he's whack. I'm not saying he's... Not a good player. He's just not going to be among the elite classes of the NBA in the years to mm-hmm. come. I don't believe so. He's going to be a Lou William kind of player, I feel like. I was about to find I, – I was about to read off the list, and then I saw, oh, wait, that's not it. That is last year's list. <laughs> so let me see if I can find it. No, I can just keep getting links to it. So I just remember Tyler Hero was on it. Jaron Jaron Jackson Jr. was number twenty-five. I know Luca, John Morant, Trey Young, Lamelo Ball are all all in it. 
Zion Williams Zion Williamson is is still on it in it even though he hasn't played all year and there may be questions as to whether he'll actually ever come back to the league I think he will but I think that needs to be taken into consideration also I'm gonna pull the list up for you. I got I got ESPN plus. That's the reason why we couldn't what? get into it. Twenty four is Tyrese Maxey. There you go. What you think? Tyrese. It's very hard. It's it's very hard because, and I'll say why. He's been making a case since they've acquired James Harden to be a legitimate number three option on that team, which if RJ Barrett was on that team, he would be playing as number three on that team as well. So, and that's only, that's the only way that I could really look at it. Right. Like I put, I, I argue that Tyler hero argument the same way you do. If you put Tyler hero on the Knicks, is he going to be able to be the engine of the offense, the way RJ Barrett was when, when, when Randall was out, and even when Randall was in, are we going to be able to run the offense through Tyler Hero? Somebody said, yeah, if he did, he'd be able He, Somebody I talked to said he would do what R.J. Barrett does, except he would do it more efficiently. I don't see it, right? Because he can't do the same things that R.J. Barrett does. He does. He would be able to do them differently, but if he does them differently, he would have to account for w- way more than what he has to account for now. Double teams, teams basically game planning for you specifically. Not to say that teams don't game plan for him, but you know, he comes off the bench. He come, he's a six man. He's six man of the year this year. If RJ Barrett is on on the Miami Heat, he he fills the role differently than Tyler Hero. He won't be able to do the same things as Tyler Hero, but he would be backing up Jimmy Butler. And, and yeah. I, I I see RJ Barrett fitting on Miami. I don't see Tyler Hero running the engine of the New York Knicks offense. Yeah. Might he be a better fit for the Knicks with next to Julius Randle? Yeah, probably, but that's not it's, what we're arguing about. I don't um, think it's, it's an argument for a few of these players, and that's just going to show like it's, but Tyrese Maxey. It's, it's not. It's not a list. Tyrese Maxey, it's very hard. I kind of need to. I don't want to say anything that I'm going to end up eating my words next year. Tyrese Maxey is doing a lot, showing a lot. He's still young. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can say 100% he I'll has less. I'll he has less than R.J. R- Barrett. R.J. is an argument. <laughs> R.J. Is, is going to have a better career trajectory than Tyrese Maxey, Tyrese Halliburton. Who else they said? Who was the first one we were just arguing? Jaron Jackson Jr.? Jaron Jackson. I don't know. Maybe not. But definitely Tyrese Maxey. John Collins. Like, come on now. Like, bro. They they being disrespectful. Tyler Hero. That's who I was referring to. He like RJ is gonna have a better tra- career trajectory than they are. It's it's like you can't just ignore defensive impact for your team when you're talking about stuff like career tra- tra- trajectories for young players. Mm-hmm. 
and you see that he's underneath a, a, a proven head coach where he's going to do nothing but just soak up more and more knowledge and become a much more to better defender. You see what Tibbs did with Jimmy Butler's career. You've seen what he's done with Derrick Rose's career, Taj Gibson's career. Like He's going to get the most out of R.J. Barrett. And R.J. Barrett's going to be in the gym working every like opportunity that he possibly has. Like we, we know that about RJ and we know that he's going to become a star because he doesn't see anything less than that for himself. So I don't know how these other guys view themselves, but I don't know if their work ethic is going to match RJ Barrett's work ethic and do the things that he's already doing as a 21 year old. Like I don't know yet. Come on now, Desmond Bain. You comparing Desmond Bain? I understand. Yeah, that was another really one. That, that's player. another name. Yeah, he's a good player. I get it. He fits. It, it's Memphis perfectly. The problem. The problem is, if you were to say, okay, best offensive players. Okay, I could say you can make the argument that there's 24, 25 better offensive players than RJ Barrett. Better defensive players under 25. Okay. You can make that argument. Best players for their role under 25. I, you could, yeah. I could see all of these players be, being the best players for their role better than R.J. Barrett because R.J. Barrett hasn't, hasn't proven it for a full season. The problem with this list is that it's based on something that you can't prove with statistics. This is basically an eye test and and statistic analysis. And favoritism. Right. And with with that, it's like, okay, just based on the parameters that you've set, I don't I don't see how you can exclude RJ Barrett from this list. I don't see it. You know, the fact that he's made improvements every year in the league, in his game. When he came into this league, he couldn't shoot, he couldn't finish, he couldn't go right. Last year, he was better he at shooting. He, he 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 was better at shooting. He he shot over forty percent from three last season. Now he's finishing left and right. Right, he's improving his game. He's getting to the paint. He's getting to the foul line. He's able to have an NBA team run their offense through him, and it looks good. Half of the players on this list, I shouldn't say half, but a good amount of the players on this list, you can't say that for. I can't say that if you made Tyler Hero the best, the, the offensive engine on your team, that that team would look anywhere as good as the Knicks offense has looked. So... I just think the parameters that they set for this list kind of sh- kind of sets them up for failure by excluding RJ Barrett from the list. But anyway, enough about ESPN. We mm-hmm. did leave out when we were talking about the last game that Leon Rose interviewed with Mike Breen, and there was a report that Tibbs regretted not playing the young kids more. Bing bong. What was your thoughts about that interview and that report? So, the interview, I was like, he's saying everything that I would expect him to say. And that was really pretty much it. 
you can't look at anything that Leon Rose says in a scripted interview where he picks the pick, he picks the questions and he chooses his own answers. You can't look at anything and take it at face value. But you can see what he's trying to prioritize. No. You can look at what he's trying to feed the masses and you can make your assumptions based on that. Right. You can see what he's trying to tell us as Knicks fans. And what we what we can take from that is he's not going to sell the young players off for nothing. Right. You can look at what he's saying about Julius Randle. He's not going to sell off Julius Randle for nothing. You can look at Tibbs and you can see he is fine with how Tibbs has handled the situation that he's been given. Not that it was great. And I think he would even admit that this was, a, he, as he said, it's a disappointing season. But you could see that he still has faith in Tom Thibodeau's ability to correct the ship. Does that mean that Julius Randle won't get traded? Does that mean that we're not going to lose any of these young pieces? Does this mean that Tom Thibodeau absolutely won't get fired? No, no, that's not what any of it means. But you can kind of see what he wants us to believe and see and think. And that's the way it should be, right? That's the way it should be for us. That's the way it should be for the other teams in this league. That way he's operating from a position of power, which is basically what that interview was about. The report about Tibbs regretting not playing the young kids more, which I believe Mark Berman was going around and saying that to anybody he could get to listen. I think if it's true, that's great, right? That's everybody's biggest complaint about Tibbs this year. Everybody's biggest complaint about Tibbs this year was his hate for the kids, right? He hates the kids. He won't play the kids. He, he'd rather play Taj Gibson and Alec Burks and, and, and Evan Fournier and all these guys. And, and, he, and he's always holding them accountable, but it's, he's never holding the veterans accountable, blah, blah, blah. And the fact that he... can look back at the season and say, you know what? I should have given these guys one minute. I should have trusted them more. That's great. That's great. If, especially if he's the coach next season, because that means that he's not, he, Tibbs, if, if anything, he's not going to second guess himself, right? He's going to make a decision that he's sure of. And if he feels that way, that means when he go when it comes into next season, he's not going to second guess whether he should play Emmanuel quickly. anymore. He's not going to second guess whether he should play Obi Toppin more. He's not going to second guess whether he should play, uh, Cam Reddish more, Quentin Grimes more. He's going to play these guys. He's going to play Jericho Sims more. He's going to play. He's going to play all these young guys because he knows that everything that he has taught them is sinking in, and and they're executing it, and they're going to be better for the rotation and the roster than what he's been putting out there. And I believe that's based off right now. That's not even going yeah. into account how much better they're going to get over this offseason. Exactly. And, and Fred Katz wrote an article in regards to 
Tibbs's relationship with the young players. And in that article, it went into how every game, before every game, there was a pre-practice for all of the young kids, where all the young kids went in and they, they went over rotations, they went over over everything they needed to do offensively, defensively, and Tibbs basically, it was drill before regular practice for the kids. And, you know, in that article, Taj Gibson was even said, like, yeah, there's a difference between how Tibbs used to used to run his rotations compared to now this whole thing with him focusing and and working with the kids and his relationship with Emmanuel quickly, the tips back in Chicago would have never did any of that. And I think that when this is something I've been saying all year, when you, when you look at Tibbs and you just look at, what he's doing on the court, and you make that assume, make an assumption that he doesn't like these kids. He doesn't want. He doesn't care about these kids. He's he, when an article like this comes out, you need to come back, come back, and be like, you know what? I was wrong, right? Because nobody gonna do that. If anything, if anything, he's been more responsible for their success. And when they come out and they come and they play well and all that, he's been more successful. He's been more responsible for that than anything. Right. Imagine Emmanuel, like imagine the way that Emmanuel quickly is getting treated now. Imagine Frank Nilakina had that from day one. Right. We might not be looking at Frank like a bus, like a bum. Like, why do we pick him at whatever? At, at, at whatever he if he had somebody who said, yo, come to come to come to the pra- early practice. Let me show you what we want you to do, what I want you to do when you're on the court. And we're going to run that until you get it right. Frank Nilakina would probably be a starting point guard right now, or at least a, a, a starting rotation player, a wing, whatever, whatever you need him to be. He'd be more like Lonzo Ball than what he is right now. And you have to give Tom Thibodeau that credit for bolstering our young players, making all of our young players like, they, yes, they're talented. We picked them. Yes, that's good. But the fact that that talent now shows on the court, that's on Tibbs. There's a reason why these guys that we have picked since Tibbs has been coach have all shined. And you you can't be like, oh, fire Tibbs because of the youth. These youth would not this youth would not look as good as it does without him. Well, you got anything you want to say about that article? I mean, you basically said everything I was thinking, like everyone's blaming Tibbs that he's not playing these young kids. And we start to see things like this come out and you start to realize that Tibbs is responsible for why the young kids look as good as they do. But he obviously sees a bigger picture for them. He sees that they can be so much better than what they already are. And he doesn't want them getting caught up just because they have a few nice plays and highlight plays. And (laughs) he wants them to be, have a, an extreme attention to detail, like to hell with the veterans. They can stay in the game, stink it up. But these young players are the players that are going to lead this team to where we're trying to go to. And if these guys have the talent to match the starters and they look even better than the starters when they're, when they're on off the court, like if you can shore up every other part of their game, all that does is make the team so much better. So I I, I want to see what happens next year. I don't really want to keep dwelling on this last year because now that we get 
more and more information. More information is probably going to come out after this episode's released, and we're going to get more information throughout the summer. And mm-hmm. when you re- see reports like this, it makes you feel nothing but more confident in the organization that you have around these young players. Because if that's the case, cool. They have two-a-day practices for the, for the young players, and that's the reason why they get, their production is so much higher than it was the year before. They're getting so much better. Now, you implement a Cam Reddish into the same system over the summer with these young guys. Get to have that chemistry with them. You've gotten more players to come in through the drive. Get them acclimated with, with other young players who are going to work hard. And you see what the, the system is that you're coming into. It ain't just you and the person that you came drafted into that's going to have the weight of the team on your shoulders. Nah, you got other young players with you too. And they work hard, come to practice every day. They set an example for you to to to, to know what to expect for the rest of the season or the rest of your career with the Knicks in general. And what does that lead to? That leads to the teams that are in the playoffs where they they're so deep. One guy goes down, next man steps right up. That's what it prepares you for, and that's the what it leads you to. And it leads you to be a team like the Memphis Grizzlies, to be like a Minnesota where every team, every player is just valuable in their role. They know what they're out there to do. They know what their role is while they're out there on the court. Golden State. It comes from being precise in the way that you study the game, in the way that you practice, in the way that you learn the game. You study players around the NBA and you start seeing their tendencies and you start learning how to guard that. Now you're starting to win more games. Like that's how you win in this league. We see young players becoming stars every single season. There's always breakout teams where it's like, yo, how did they, they were under the radar. The Suns just two years ago weren't even in the playoffs. They were the undefeated team in the bubble and still didn't make it to the playoffs. What happened the next year? They made it to the finals, won the first two games and lost the last four. Came back this year, still the number one seed. Stuff like that isn't just developed in one year. It's it's developed with right decisions in the draft, right coaching staff, developing these young players, getting them to understand the system and buy into the system and put yourself to the side and put the team first. That's all we hear Tibbs saying. It ain't about how much you got. It's about how much the team got. It ain't about who, how much your man has. It's about your whole team stopping everyone from scoring on the other side. Make it as hard as possible. Move the ball. And that's what we're seeing from these young guys. And it just makes you excited to see what is to come in the future as these players get more and more chemistry together, shore up more and more skills. RJ doesn't even have go-to moves yet. And he averaging 20. What's going to happen when... He develops a go-to move and he starts knocking down his free throws and he starts scoring more efficiently. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Not even mentioning the defense. He's going to get better on defense as well. What does that look like? That's what we have to look forward to. So that's enough of my rant. Look, we could go ahead and start talking about what's going on in the playoffs. You, you ready? To, you've been watching the playoffs, right? I have been. You want me to 
You want to set it up, or you want me to do it? All? You want me to do it all? I can set it up, but you're gonna have to take it all over right, from there because I ain't been watching too many playoff games <laughs> right now. In the Eastern Conference, at least Miami versus Atlanta. Miami is up two one. They were up two zero just recently until Trey Young just did what Trey Young does, took over late, iced the game away with a floater, hit his hit his game winner. Miami choked away to win. And you could take you could take it from there, that. Point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically what I was gonna say. They're gonna go back for Game Four in Atlanta. Mad as hell. I I don't want either one of these teams to make it to the finals. Although I suspect that Miami might make it. I think they'll at least make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But yeah, I, I don't want I. I I don't want Atlanta to make it past round one. I, I, I've been, I was saying it all playoffs last year. I felt like it was fluke after fluke for Atlanta. I felt like they didn't deserve to make it to round two. I felt like the Knicks should have beat them. They didn't. Then they made it all the way to the 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 conference finals, I believe. Yep. And yeah, I I I, I really felt like that should have been the Knicks. Wasn't salty. Don't like the whole Trey Young of it all, but hey, you got nothing. You got he, no choice but to respect it, though. He did what he was yeah, supposed to do. That boy's good. He's good. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's good. good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I I want him to be shut up because he ain't that good. I think it's good. Yeah, his team ain't that good at the very least. Very true. All right, you want me to just take over from here? Yeah, take over. <laughs> I ain't been watching. I've been trying to relax. We got, we got, so next up, Boston versus Brooklyn. Boston's up 2-0. Bum-ass Brooklyn choked away games one and two. Can't wait until they lose. And these are the two Eastern Conference games that, you know, full of teams that I really don't want to see win. But now, but you have to choose. Mm -hmm. I don't like Boston. I don't like Miami. Nick's reasons. Brooklyn, Atlanta, Knicks reasons. The recent history is Brooklyn and Atlanta. So, sorry. Get them up out of here in round one, and then Miami and Boston go lose in round two. Or the Eastern Conference Finals. Either one. I don't care. They are they are already set up for, for whatever. So, it really doesn't matter as long as they don't make it to the finals. So, you want Milwaukee to go to the finals? Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. There's no, I have no skin in the game with my with Milwaukee. None. Yeah, I, would, I, it, it I wouldn't be interested in watching Milwaukee in the finals. I'm not. I, I'm not interested in watching anything except for a Knicks finals. So I'm good with that. <laughs> so Milwaukee could make it again. If not Milwaukee, the team in the Eastern Conference that I'd be most excited to see. <sighs> there is no Eastern Conference team that I would be most. I think the best. The best matchups. From the Eastern Conference, all involved teams that I don't want to see make it to the finals. But Miami is a good team. Boston's a good team. Milwaukee and Philly. I'd want to see Boston in the finals. I, I, The Knicks fan in me just does not want to see it. I expect to see Boston in the finals. I'm prepared for it. I have no hate in my heart for any of the current Boston players. Unlike... All of the Boston teams of yesteryear. Maybe Marcus Smart, but nah, not really. 
Like I, I'm good. I'm good with Boston. I just don't like Boston. <laughs> All right. I don't like Boston Celtics. The only way that this NBA playoffs could be worse for me as a Knicks fan is if the Indiana Pacers were in it. Right. I'm fine with Chicago because I grew up a, a, a MJ fan. But, you know, I know that would my, for my for, for our parents, that would be like, dang, all of the That's all of the Knicks enemies would be in it if Indiana was in it. So, yeah, so next up, Milwaukee versus Chicago. Speaking of those two, Milwaukee is up 2 1. I got nothing really to say about. I don't, I don't, I don't. Chicago. DeRozan came crazy, went went crazy on them, and they got the game. Now the series is looking a little more even to me. I don't know. That one's, that's the series to watch because Chris Milwaukee's going to win. Milwaukee's going to win. They should win. But (laughs) Chicago got three All Stars, too. Anyway, Philly versus Toronto. All right. <laughs> Philly up 3-1. I said when we were originally supposed to record, I wrote in my notes, I'd be shocked if this isn't a sweep. Toronto lost Scotty Barnes to injury in game one, and I don't see them having answers for Embiid, Harden, and Maxi. So that's what I said. That's what I wrote when I, we were originally supposed to record. And after today's impressive victory, the Raptors avoided the sweep. So that series is still going. Are you shocked? Mm, Toronto's a good team. Scotty Barnes came back. I'd be shocked if this ain't a sweep. You lie to yourself. You ain't shocked. <laughs> I am shocked, actually. I, I, I watched the game today, and I was like, nah, uh, the entire time. I was like, they're gonna come back and win. They're gonna come back and win. Like I, I had no, I had even up to the last minute because it was a very close game. I was like, Philly's gonna come back, but at the, obviously at the end, it's like mm, they might not win. I don't know, but I really thought that Philly was gonna was gonna lock it up and sweep them, and that was gonna be it. And the only thing that I could think of is that Philly. Philly saw what was going to happen in the next round and was like, mm, we don't need that much rest. <laughs> we don't need that much rest. So let, let, let's do, do just do the gentleman sweep and, you know, be a little, you know, still have a little bit of rhythm for game one of round two. That's the only thing that I could think. So the, the gentleman sweep is still available. <laughs> I, 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 I really, I don't have too much confidence in Philly. I'm not going to lie. So, I, I don't have really confidence been... in them. I don't have confidence in them for the entire playoffs, but I had confidence in them in round one. Yeah. What about the Western Conference? What's going on over there? Well, Phoenix is playing against the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans were actually the ninth seed before the play in, beating both the Spurs and the Clippers. I was shocked. So, I thought the Clippers was definitely making it to the playoffs. And they definitely did not. So, Wait, before you say anything else, quick. Mm-hmm. They didn't make the playoffs. You think PG is gettable? No. Why not? Because Kawhi Leonard didn't play pretty much all year. And that's really the difference between the Clippers being a top four seed and being where they are now. 
Why well, ain't played and... in like two, three years? <laughs> no, he played he last year. What's going on over? No, nah, he ain't played last year. Oh, I'm about if he to look did, it was like what bleeding. three games? Look, Kawhi Leonard. I, I Google it right now. I know <laughs> Kawhi Leonard ain't played last year because that that's they've been saying. Oh, Kawhi, he gonna come back for the playoff? Nope, he ain't come back last year. This year, who knows what's going on next year? Kawhi Leonard's stats is what I should look up. Yeah, 2021 stats. Look, 2021. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh huh. Where's games? Yeah, he played. played he played 2020-2021. We're in 2021-2022. So he played 52 games last season. He, he played in and started 52 in the beginning? games. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a matrix. I don't know. Like, I just, you can tell me that, but I don't remember seeing him play at all. Like, <laughs> you can tell me that, but I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> he even played in the playoffs <laughs> in, the, in 2021. He played, he played, he played and started in 11 games. Of the playoffs, I you don't trust me. I'm, I'm looking on fucking, basketball. I could have sworn they were saying Paul George took over the Clippers in the playoffs and they made it to the like. He am did. I lying? Am I bugging right now? He, he did. When Kawhi got hurt, Paul George stepped up, and oh, in the bubble. That's what you're thinking of. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what you're All thinking right, of. Right. But he played. He played I last year. I believe he played in the beginning of this season as well. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. Kawhi Leonard makes a difference. They're not winning a title with both with just those two. Let's be clear. But he ain't leaving the Clippers to come to the Knicks unless we have somebody already here, which we don't. Randall for Paul George. Let's make it happen. Let's start. Let's start talking business. Let's start those. Let's start those conversations. So let's get let's get Cam Reddish his mentor. Phoenix is up in this series two to one, and if you had the Pelicans putting up this much of a fight against the Suns, like shoot me a number because I need I need them all the betting advantages I can get. And obviously, you got your pulse on <laughs> you got your pulse on the NBA season in a way that I don't have. I do not care that Devin Booker is out with a hammy issue. I did not see the Pelicans. Of course they are. But I did not see the Pelicans having as much of a struggle. I didn't see the Suns having that much of a struggle with the Pelicans. Like, they're struggling. These are not easy wins that they got. They almost went down 1-2 until, you know, some late-game heroics. Memphis versus because they're the one seed underestimating a hungry young team. I wouldn't look too much into it. They're going, they're going pretty much. And it's not just that. It's not just that. The Pelicans are are a really good team since they made their trades midseason. Are they that good? No, but CJ McCollum makes a difference. Like when you watch them play, like that's a good team. That's a good team. That that probably they probably if they had this team from the get go, they probably are not the eight seed, but they are. If so Zion they're gonna... comes back. You think that 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 series is a little more competitive? Zion's not coming back. Not a Zion's more competitive. Do you think is a threat? He's not. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. If he if he if he came back and played in this season, but in this series, there's just way too much smoke coming from the Pelicans camp 
to make me think that he's going to play in round one. If they were to get past round one, I wouldn't be surprised if they put out a statement saying, yeah, he's not playing for the rest of this of the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised at that. They 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 said he was supposed to show up at the beginning of the year. He didn't play a single game. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Memphis Grizzlies versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota Timberwolves upset the Grizzlies in game one, but Memphis went up and won two game, two more games after that. They're up 2-1. Anthony Edwards is making the case that he deserves to be pick, picked number one over LaMelo. I'm not sure if he's actually proven it, like 100%, 100%, but he's looking really, really good. What's your thoughts? Yeah, Anthony Edwards is looking like a Michael Jordan out there. Mm. His shot is pure. He's athletic. He's just, he can mm. be a problem one day. He can do it all. Warriors versus the Denver Nuggets. Warriors are up 3-0 and looking for the sweep tomorrow. Championship odds looking really, really good. Huh? Who says no? Who says no? Jokic for Randall, what's up? They going to talk? Denver says no. (laughs) Denver says no. Those championship odds are looking really good for Golden State. Like, coming into the playoffs, you might not want to put money on that. Steph still not back from injury. You got to really rely on Clay, who... Still hadn't been 100% Clay Thompson up to that point. And Draymond playing like Draymond. You, like, you got to count on that for the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Now they – who is it? Jordan Poole? Jordan Poole stepping up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that, they looking real good. They got, a, they got a lineup that people can't beat right now. Golden State looking like they doing what uh, Brooklyn is trying to do. Rest the late stars all season and come back at the end, get their <laughs> rhythm back, and then run through the playoffs. But Brooklyn's struggling to do that. Warriors up 3-0, looking like they're going for the clean sweep. Big difference. Yeah, that's, not a, that's not a proven strategy by any means, but, hey, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Next up. What about, the, what about the Knicks? The Knicks on the West. This is the biggest – Knicks series that we have to look at in this playoffs. Talk so, so this is basically Knicks Bowl, Knicks Bowl 2022 with the Dallas Knicksmiths versus the Utah Jazz. Two players the Knicks might target in the offseason are Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell. Both are being heavily featured in this matchup. Those are the two main players in this matchup up until today when Luka Doncic came back. Both are, I just said that, right now the series is 2-2. I I had to update it because we're recording this right after the game, game four. Mm -hmm. Jazz stole a game in Dallas in game one. Brunson was averaging 32.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 5 assists. Donovan Mitchell was averaging 33 points, 4 rebounds, and 5.5. I do not have the updated stats for both, although I can probably just look at it real quickly. But that just goes to show just how good both of these potential Nick acquisitions have been playing in this first round of the playoffs. Brunson. I'm, I got it up right now. Where I can't find him. 
All right, never mind. My my eyes ain't working too great. Julius Randle, Allen Houston, World Wide West attended this game and were seen. Excuse me, attended game one and were seen chatting it up at halftime. You have any thoughts, predictions? Utah uh, front office or Utah people in the organization? They felt a way about that, and (laughs) I found that funny. That's the only thoughts I really have on it. Like Julius Randle, yeah, you, you come and look and see where you about to get traded to. You, re- I don't know. Like it's, it's no way to really read this because it's just like, okay, Allen Houston, World Wide West, and Julius Randle are at the game, game one. We know why Allen Houston and World Wide West are there. I know Leon Rose is probably there somewhere. They probably scouting the players in the playoffs, seeing who they would want to trade for possibly, but I didn't understand why Julius Randle was there. That's the only thing that made me scratch my head a little bit. He, It seemed like as, if we continue to see things like this, then maybe Julius Randle might not get traded. If we keep seeing appearances with him when the front office, it seemed like they working through whatever issues they had throughout the year. I don't know. I don't really like it because I'm really tired of seeing Julius Randle on this team now at this point. But you want to hear my thoughts on that? Once we get to summer league and we see uh, the front office again, if Julius Randle's dead, then I pretty I pretty much don't think we're going to trade him. But what's your thoughts on it? I think it was just a happy coincidence that Julius Randle was there. I was listening to Nick's film school podcast. And Jeremy Cohen was like, huh, that's weird. Why would uh, Alan Houston, why is he sitting all the way over there and Julia sitting right next to World Wide West? Oh, maybe they switched seats so that Julius Randall could sit next to World Wide West at halftime so that they could talk. Which means that it wasn't something that was planned. It was kind of a happy coincidence that Julius Randall was there. Dennis Smith Jr. also was there. He has nothing to do with the Knicks right now. So, maybe a lot to do about nothing. The fact that the fact that the Knicks brass are there for this series, I think that that is just, we just have to be happy about that. I do not think that what happens in this series has an effect on whether Julius Randle remains a Nick or not. After doing a little bit of research earlier today, any trade that involves Jalen Brunson is not going to involve Julius Randle, to my knowledge. If we're going to get rid of him, it's not going to be with this with a with a Brunson trade. Donovan Mitchell, on the other hand, maybe, but it was in Dallas. So I feel like they were going there specifically to look at Brunson. And while they're there, they can look at Donovan Mitchell too. The only way that the Knicks actually get at Donovan Mitchell is if the Jazz lose in round one. And that is based on rumors and and hearsay, not anything confirmed or anything like that. And apparently they won on a Donovan Mitchell to Rudy Gobert alley-oop. So, you know. Yeah, maybe they can make it work. Who knows? Who knows? 
<laughs> All right. So I guess we're gonna go into predictions. Yeah, I guess we are. Through huh? real quick. Last oh, episode, Fred man. predicted Knicks go one and zero, so he'll finish the season victorious once again for third oh, week in a row. Man. Anyway, plugs. Oh man. Plugs. Let's get into plugs. I finished undefeated, basically. Let's go into like, plugs. No, no, for real though. French, you uh, <laughs> you went on a little streak at the end there. Three weeks in a row after going through multiple weeks of not predicting correctly. Only you, you finished the season. Go first. Let's get finish the right. season on a very strong note. Clap it up. Hold on. Let me let me do this for you. Yeah, clap it up for him. Good job. And, and that's all you get. All right, let's go into plugs. <laughs> uh, R.J. Barrett had an interview on the Old Man and the Three podcast. French, you actually listened a little bit to this podcast. Uh, on this podcast, you uh, want to say some yeah. things about it before if you're you get into your recommendations. With what this podcast is, this is a former NBA player, J.J. Reddick's podcast. And he basically just brings on the best young players around the NBA and some of the best veterans around the NBA. And he gets them on to just talk basketball. He's had Luka Doncic on there, Jalen Brunson, Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges. He just had a, a long list of young players who are like seen as very underrated. At least from my perspective, I see, I, I see a, a common theme with the kind of guests that he have. And RJ Barrett came onto the podcast, talked about basically a bunch of stuff with Tibbs and how much, how close he and Tibbs are, how close Tibbs is with just <laughs> how, or, or he was comparing Tibbs and coach K and all the similarities that they have. It was a good interview. If you're a Knicks fan, I I I recommend you go out and check that out. Old Man in the Three on basically anywhere you can find podcasts. You can look it up on YouTube. They have video for it. Just search up RJ Barrett and it should probably be the first thing that pops up. All right. You got anything? And, I, and while, while I'm giving you recommendations on stuff to watch, well, why don't we just move over to French's recommendations? Bing Isn't bang. That just isn't that just the best way to lead into that? Because <laughs> what I have watched in these last few weeks on the TV show side, you've probably watched this, right? It was number one on Netflix for a little period of time. Most people I know watched it. Show called Ultimatum. It's a group of couples. One person gives the other person in their relationship an ultimatum, either marry me or I'm going to move on. And they get onto this, I, I guess it's a show where, okay, yeah, it is a show. It's a limited series. And <clears throat> they're basically going to be living with someone else's partner who also went through this ultimatum. So they're putting all these couples together who all had an, a partner give their, their the other person in their relationship an ultimatum, and now these people are going to be dating each other. You're going to live together, pretend to be a married couple for three weeks, and then you go back to the person that you came in with 
live with them again for three weeks, and then you have to make a decision on what you're going to do. Are you going to get married or you're going to move on? And that show was crazy. It's <laughs> it's nuts. I, I recommend everyone watch it. It was very entertaining. I didn't, I, this is something that, oh, I, I should also recommend where I got it from. My girlfriend, Jaya, she was watching it. I came home. I'm like, yo, what are you, what, like, what, what is this? We don't watch stuff like this. Like, what you, what you doing? It looked like some reality TV, love and hip hop, but it's nothing like that because I, I don't watch stuff like that. This show, is, it, it was very intriguing. On the movie side, DC did it again. You know what I'm saying? You know, just letting Marvel know how to make good movies. Marvel just been trying to catch up for years on just Batman in general. And they've just released another just beautiful Batman movie. I was very reluctant to go and see it because I, I'm a big fan of like just Batman in general. Away from movies, I like Batman in the video games and the Arkham series. I think you're the one that put me on to Arkham series, actually. But I love comic book stories, like TV show, Batman stories. Like Batman is just my favorite comic book entity, if you if you if that's what you could call it. So going into this movie, I felt very nervous because I had very high expectations. And it's a three-hour movie. My attention span, I couldn't really. I can't really get rid with movies out of three hours. I got to keep pausing it and just go and do something else because I get bored. But this movie had my attention throughout the entire entirety of the movie. I got tired, so I, I did pause it like with 45 minutes left to go and I had to go to sleep. And then I finished the next day. Great movie. Recommend anyone to go and see it, especially if you know things about Batman and if you're a Batman fan and you know, like the Bruce Wayne story is just such a different aspect of Gotham that you've never seen like on film. And it basically explores the fact that Batman is the world's greatest detective. And I didn't feel like they've ever shown that in any other Batman movie previously, they explored Bruce Wayne a lot more in this, in this, in this uh, movie being a lot more hurt and it's very early on to him being Batman it's in him in year two I don't want to spoil nothing just know it's 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 not like any other Batman movie that you've seen it's very original very grounded in reality and <laughs> this version of Batman is my favorite on-screen Batman that I've seen so far Best Batman introduction movie so far, hands down. It's better than Batman Begins, better than every other Batman introduction movie. That's all I have. uh, Go and see the Batman. It's very, very high praise. It did not... It didn't trip you up that Robert Pattinson was uh, Batman? Robert Pattinson is the best Batman. Really? He's... The best Batman. The best. If you'd have told me, he might not I'd be the never... best Bruce Wayne, but he's the best Batman for sure, okay. hands down. Way better right. than Bat Ben Affleck. I don't even consider Ben Affleck as Batman. To be honest with you, I don't. I didn't watch none of those Batman suit. That it. That that wasn't Batman. 
this Matt Reeves Batman movie, this is it. This is it. All right. Edward you Cullen is the GOAT Batman. You going like I will. I, I, I probably will. You know, you know I'm into that kind of stuff. So I just I wasn't super hyped to watch it, but if you're giving praise like that, you know, you also gave praise to the Joker movie, which I saw and I liked. So mm-hmm. I definitely will check it out. This is better than Joker. Well, Joker was okay. Like it wasn't, you know, that's not really saying a lot for me. I think it was a good movie. It's it's not like, oh, if you say it's better than yeah. Joker, I definitely like. It's not. It was yeah. not that kind of. Yeah. It's not that kind of good. Right, like right, it's a right, good right. movie. Like you know what I mean. Riddler was check really it out, good. Though. Like Riddler, like Riddler's always been one of my favorite Batman villains. And I've, I, the one criticism is that I wish that we could introduce more Batman villains because the villains in Gotham are just nuts. Like, mm-hmm. Victor Zaz needs to be in that next movie. I feel mm-hmm. like we need to get away from Joker because I feel like we've been doing a lot of Joker. You, we're not going to follow in the steps of Heath. We should just... Joker it out. I'm, I'm Joker it out. And that's my... like hand. He, Joker's the reason why I'm into Batman. Mm. And I'm jokered out. So I, I'm I'm ready to see some new Batman villains. And I'm hoping that because we got to see a, a one who doesn't seem to be, I don't know. Maybe Riddler is as popular, is popular enough to be in the movies. But I'd like to see some of the undercover ones. There's a lot of great Batman villains. There are, 100%. Batman has probably the best villains out of all comic book heroes. But anyway. All right, we've been talking long enough. Ready to sign out, French? I'm ready to sign off, sign out, and get some sleep. <laughs> All right. Please, when you, you know, while you're here, make sure you hit that like, hit that thumbs up, hit that subscribe. Make sure you comment, do everything. Look for us on, on, on the pod, all pod, uh, podcast streaming platforms. Try and shout us out wherever you can. Watch the YouTube. Watch us again on the YouTube. We're gonna be trying to do a little bit more on that. Do some extra clips. Do some extra side stuff. We're gonna try and and, and get to work with you for y'all. All all right. Once again, Mm -hmm. thank you. We appreciate you. Love you. Thank you for listening to the next the next the next the next podcast. Deuces. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.